0: Well, good morning, everyone. It is a fine-looking group out there. Well, except for a few of you, but that's OK. We'll just go by that. Um, somewhere along the way here, I lost my middle button. So you kind of get my disco look this morning. So uh, just, just roll with it. It's OK. Um, there was a pastor search committee who was in search of a pastor for the church, and so on one Sunday they went to do to two different churches to um, look at the pastors and decide if they wanted them to come to their church. So, like about ten a.m., they went to this one service, and you know the pastor man he was he was the he was an orator and he brought it to him and he was a great speaker and he just really pounded it. And they were just, you know, wow, yeah, yeah, yay. And they left. And then about noon they went to the second service. And that pastor, you know, he was okay, but he kind of stumbled here and there. And, you know, sometimes his words didn't come out okay. And, you know, it just was a struggle. And they left. So they got together in their committee and they said, Wow, who do we want to have as pastor? Well, six of the seven said, We want the first guy. He was a great speaker. He was a great orator. He really brought the message. And that's the guy we want for our pastor. Well, the seventh guy said, no, I want the second guy. They said, are you crazy? Why would you want that second guy? He goes, well, it's very interesting. After church, for the two guys, I went to the back of the auditorium by the doors. And after the first service, Everybody's walking out saying, isn't that a great pastor? Isn't that a great speaker? Isn't that a great guy? He goes, but in the second service, I stood at the back. And when people were leaving, they say, don't we serve an awesome God? Isn't Jesus awesome? Isn't Jesus amazing? That's the pastor I want. The one who talks about Jesus and gets the people to love Jesus, not to love him. And so we can spend a lot of time telling people about how good we are. And we can spend a lot of time telling people about the great church we have. And we can spend a lot of time telling people about the fellowships we have and the potlucks we have and and the things we do. But first and foremost, our message has to be Christ and Christ crucified for our sins. Let us go to prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you are wonderful. You are amazing. You are a hope for the future. God, we praise you that this morning we come to worship you. That we come to lay our lives before you. And God, we just thank you so much that you are here with us. God, honor our time together. Let us through this time grow closer to you so that we might influence this world for you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, we are gonna be in Matthew chapter thirteen, for those who don't know, and you don't know, and there's a reason why you don't know. Because up until five days ago, this was not going to be the message. I had another message all planned out, all ready to go. I was ready to send it over and have all these things up on the on the on the wall, and it just God's telling me, No, that's not the message to bring. I want you to do something different. And I'm like you do realize it's about five days to go here, don't you? But that's okay. Um, we are in Matthew chapter 13, and we are looking at the parable of the dragnet. The parable of the dragnet. And when I every time I listen, hear that, my first thought is I want to say, just the facts, ma'am. You know, that's where I always go. Back to the old dragnet series. Um, Matthew chapter 13, verses 47 to 51. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth." Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. Well, this is a fish story. So I guess when you talk about a fish story, you need to have a fish story. So I'm going to tell you a fish story. Um, when I was about six years old, um, my father, and I need to preface this, I got two brothers and a sister. So there's three of us boys and a sister. And my father bought all us boys brand new fishing gear. That We had new rods and new reels and everything was just new. And we were just, we didn't have a whole lot. So this was a special occasion. And this was wonderful and awesome. But we were going to go out fishing with our new equipment. And my sister goes, well, I want to go too. My dad says, well, I don't have any, anything for you. He goes, well, I do have this old bamboo rod out in the, in the garage. She goes, well, good enough for me. I'll take it. So we went out to fish and lo and behold, throughout the day, my sister with her bamboo rod and just line hanging off of it, caught 14 fish. And me and my brothers, with all our brand new equipment between us, caught two. Needless to say, we never lived that down. Anyway, that's my fish story. And uh, there you go. Well, it's funny because when we share, we can share a lot of things and I think it's imperative for us in these days to understand that it's very imperative for us to talk to people about Jesus. You know, it's very easy for us to say, you know, I'll get to that later. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't feel about good about that, but I'm telling you, look at our world Look at the things that are happening in our world. It is a mess. And the time might be short. And we must get the message out. How do you want to change the world? I hear people all the time telling me they want to change the world. They want to change the way the world operates. They see the things that are happening and they say, I want that to change. I want things to be more like what God says in His Word. And they think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go out there and I'll change the political system and I'll, I'll get certain people in office and serve people out of office. And that's, that's fine. We need to work within that. We need to vote and, and make our voice heard. But you change the world by changing hearts. And that only happens when Christ is proclaimed And people accept Him as their Savior. He is the one that can change lives. He is the one that can change the world. It's imperative that we do it and we don't delay. You know, I'm getting my thing here. I somehow got these out of order. There it is. When we see this, Jesus starts out by telling us in verse 47, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net. And if we look, there's some parables before that that talk about Jesus telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. And He says, the kingdom of heaven. What is that kingdom of heaven? Well, the kingdom is the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus over His people. And that happens now through us as Jesus lives within us in our hearts. But there will come a time when there will be a visible, physical kingdom that we get to be a part of. And we want all people to be a part of that. This is not something we should want just for us. This is something we should want for everyone. God desires it for everyone. We should desire it for everyone. Unfortunately, some people have not turned their life over to Him and will not get to share in that. Now for me, I can look around this room and I can see everyone, but I can't see your hearts. Only Jesus can do that. It's interesting, we have a friend that they adopted this boy when he was very, very small. And one of their desires was that he would grow up and obviously want to turn his life over to Jesus as they had done. And that was, that was something that, that their heart ached for. Well, as he grew, he kind of didn't really want nothing to do with that. And, and it grieved them. And they're heard is the fact that he can quote scripture like better than a lot of pastors can do. He knows the word. And he can sit there and draw. If you, if you know there's the drawing where you make a, two cliffs and then there's man on one side and God on the other. And then you draw the cross as it bridges that gulf. That, that Jesus Christ is the way for us to have that relationship with God. He can do that. He can draw that drawing and He knows what should be. But His heart has not surrendered. He has not given His life to Christ. He knows a lot of stuff, but He has not taken that step. He will not get to be in the kingdom. And so we can look at our lives and the people we know and then the family members and the friends we have and, and we can we can talk to them and they can say a lot of the right words and, and they can they can pray before meals and, and they can know certain scriptures. But is their heart surrendered to Christ? Have they turned their life over to Him? Sometimes we say, Well, I assume so, and so we don't bother to tell. Well, we don't know sometimes, and we need to be certain that we're telling. Well, in our parable here, there are nets that are let into the water. Now it's called the drag now. I know some of the some of your tides will just say the net. Okay? But in this time there were basically three ways of fishing. Okay? One was as we kind of do today, right? My, like my sister's bamboo. You have a pole and a line and a hook, and you put it in the water, and you hopefully catch a fish. And and that was the way many people did it. Another way is one person, they have this net that was probably about six foot wide. And it was round, and they would—you'd see them, and they'd go, and they'd kind of spin it, and so when it would hit the water, it would it'd fan out, and then they had weights on the edge that would slowly let down, that would go to the bottom, and then whatever fish were in there, they would catch. Um, one person could handle it. Um, you didn't catch a lot of fish, but and you didn't really know what fish you were catching, but it was, you know, it was a good way to um, to catch some fish. Well, the third way was by the dragnet where you'd have two boats. And this is what we read about a lot, you know, when we, when you read about the, the catch that was so enormous that, that Peter couldn't believe it. Well, that's, that's a dragnet. And what you do is it's kind of like the small net. It's just huge. And so they would put it out into the lake and it also had the weights on the side that would start dropping. And they would catch... A lot of fish. The problem is they catch everything. They would catch everything, and so um, when they when they put this down, they would they would catch all the fish, the good, the bad. They would catch plants. They would catch garbage. You know everything. It's it just was there was no discrimination there. Okay, and so I think that's one of the points that Jesus is getting at here is as the net is put out, and as it's pulled to shore, everything's there. Everything's there. And there is going to be this final separation. There is going to be this final time when we will have to answer to God. It's coming for everyone. There will be that time where we all have to stand before Him and give an account. Um, some people know it as the white throne judgment. Okay, it's coming for all people. The only people that have to fear are those that have not accepted Christ. Okay, for those who have accepted Christ, it is a joyous judgment. It is a joyous judgment. Well, there's some wonderful things that, that happen here that that speak about the imperativeness of us sharing about Christ. Um, When we look at the catch, we understand... I'm going to give you five things that we understand from this catch. Okay? One is this catch is very thorough. This catch is very thorough. What do I mean by that? All will face judgment. Nobody gets a free pass. Now, this was a hard thing for the for the Jewish nation to hear, because the Jewish nation thought they got a free pass that we won't have to face any judgment. But God is very plain that all have to face judgment. All will have to give an account. Excuses won't work any longer. OK, the net brings in if we look at the net, right? It brings in every fish, every type of fish, every size of fish, every one. Okay? Jesus is telling us at that final time, everyone will face the judgment. You get no outs. All peoples, all nations, all people groups will have to face that. Okay? Therefore, it's imperative that we go. Now, we can go to our neighbors, to our family, to our friends, to those around us, to the ones at the grocery store. But sometimes God is calling some. To go to other people groups that will have also have to give an account. And, and those are the ones that, that give their life to go uh, maybe to another part of the country, maybe to a foreign country. Um, determine if maybe God is asking you to be one of those people. Is, is He calling you to go to another people group to tell them about Jesus because they also will have to face This final judgment. It's thorough for all people everywhere. No one gets out of it. The second thing we want to consider is this is very complete. It's very complete. When they pull the fish onto the shore, it tells us that they collected the good fish in baskets but threw the bad away. That's it. Good fish. Bad fish. No other piles. There wasn't a pile that says, "Well, maybe we'll look at this one again," or "Yeah, this one's pretty good. It, 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 it's it's an iffy one." There's none of those piles that says there's a maybe or a do-over kind of thing. It is complete. There's one pile. Or the other. Okay? Now, in our lives now, we are a mixture. Okay? Within ourselves, we are a mixture. There's maybe a lot of good in us, but you know, there's some bad in us also. You know, we really want to follow the Bible, but we still sin. So there's this mixture within us. There's a mixture within our church. Okay? Okay? there are people that are on fire for God in our churches and there's some people who just come because it's expected of them or they just want to look, I don't know, but you know, within our churches there's all kinds of people, there's a mixture of people in our churches and of course, look at our world if you look at our world there is definitely a mixture in our world of all kinds of things and um But there will come an end to that. There will be no partial. There will be no almost. There will be no looking at it again. There's going to be one or the other. And that is the final complete separation. There will be no more mixture. It will be good or it will be bad. And that will be it. It will be complete. the third thing is it is set it is set once the net starts coming into shore it is set the separation will begin and there will be no changing sides once the net starts you can't all of a sudden go from one to the other Okay once the once the net goes out the separation is complete you know there is a lie that satan wants to tell you that he wants to tell you that you have plenty of time you got lots of time you don't got to worry about giving your life to jesus now you can do that later have fun now. Do your thing now. Enjoy yourself. Then down the road you can turn your life over to Jesus. The problem is you don't know if there's a down the road. You don't know if there's later on. You don't know if there is a tomorrow. Satan will tell you that God doesn't mean what he says. Yeah, he says that in his Bible, but that's just to kind of you know get you get you in line and get you get you walking the right path, you know. But but when it comes really down to it, he's not going to separate you and call you bad. He's not going to send you somewhere where where only the bad are supposed to go. That, that he doesn't mean that, and that's what Satan will tell you. You have today. You have now. Today is the day to make that decision for Jesus. We don't know if we have a tomorrow, but we know we have today. Choose today. And I want to say something. For For those lies that Satan will tell you, to have your fun now, and you can worry about following Christ later, I beg to differ. Following Jesus is fun. It's outstanding and it's wonderful. And it's satisfying. And it brings everything to your life. You don't have to have fun now or about Jesus later. We're about Jesus now and have fun now too. He is everything you need for today, for tomorrow, and for forever. There is no need for any else. The fourth thing is, it's permanent. It's permanent. Once they have separated and put the good fish in the basket and the bad fish they've thrown away, that's it. It will be that way from then on. There is no going to be a time. You know, I really like Perry Mason. The old Perry Masons, I know I'm weird, but that's okay. In fact, my wife, the great wife she is, she bought me some years ago all the DVDs of Perry Mason, and and sometimes she, you know, she she regrets that decision sometimes, but but that's how wonderful she is. But in there, they always, you know, they would they would say you're guilty. And then the people would want, well, I want a new trial. You know, maybe there's some new evidence to bring in, and I should get a new trial and and a redo on this, and I should get another opportunity. Okay? And in our justice system, sometimes you do get that. You appeal to another court, and you might get another opportunity to be found innocent. But here, There is no other opportunity. It is permanent. Once the decision is made, it's made. You will not get an opportunity to apply apply or appeal to anything else. It will be done, and it will be before eternity. There is no redos. And understand, number five, this is dreadful, for the wicked. This is very dreadful for the wicked because that is the really key on here. When you read about it and it talks about the good fish being put in baskets for, for use, the key is really on the wicked, the bad fish, and what will happen because he tells us, he says, then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets and threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. And when he talks about the end of the age, he doesn't start talking about the wonderful things for those people who accepted Christ, he goes, the angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace while there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He keys on the wicked and how dreadful that's going to be. So for those lies that Satan said about having fun now, okay, there's no fun here. There is absolutely no fun here. When we read that, we we've we we've read this probably many times, right? There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, we understand the weeping part, but what does it really mean by gnashing of teeth? What is that talking about? Is it just, just you know you know biting our teeth all the time, or it's it's really when it talks gnashing of teeth, it's kind of a an odd thing. It's it's really talking about you. Grit your teeth so much for two reasons. One is the regrets of what you've done, but also in a sort of defiance that, oh yeah, well, I just did it and that's the way it is. Okay, and 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 that gnashing of your teeth is is kind of like I did it kind of I did it my way. Well. You might have did it your way, but you don't want to be where you're going to be. Okay, you can do it your way, but the end result will be dreadful for you. You know, if we look at Luke 16, there's a story about um, the rich man and Lazarus, and how um, Abraham says that that Lazarus faced, you know, was a poor man here on earth but got to go um, to heaven whereas the the rich man who thought he had everything um, is is now doomed. Um, Letting us know that people can have a lot here on earth but that doesn't guarantee them anything for eternity. You know, as I always like to tell people You know, I'm not playing for now. I'm playing for eternity. Okay? We have to look beyond just right now. So as we think about a world out there, a world that needs Christ, a world that needs to change, a world that's making some very poor decisions, a world that's um, headed toward destruction, um, how do we stop that? How do we change that? Well, well, the big reason is we can't. We can't. But we can tell and we can share God's Word and let the Holy Spirit change those hearts. Let the Holy Spirit change the direction of people. Let the Holy Spirit take care of the, the, the terrible system that's happening in our world. Now, I, and maybe you've thought this as I have. Because when I look around this world and I see a lot of the things that are happening, what do I want to do? I go, God, aren't you tired of this? God, aren't you going to come down and do something about it? God, aren't you going to take care of it? I mean, our world is turning upside down. And it needs to turn back. And can you just come down and do something, and just kind of like take care of some business, and let some people know that uh, they've been going at it wrong, and 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 really uh, take no prisoners and take no names, and and do your thing, God. Has anybody else thought about it like that? Okay, maybe I'm the only one, but okay. Well. I think God, we we also read in God's word how he is very patient and he wants everyone to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, yes, he can come down here and, 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 and kick some hiney. But I think he's allowing us the opportunity to tell and to share and to let people change their heart. Every opportunity. So that when it comes to the judgment time, you will not be able to say, well, I wasn't given an opportunity. I didn't have a chance. Everyone has a chance. Everyone has an opportunity. Everyone will have to give an answer. You know, it's interesting. So I shared you my fish story earlier about about my sister catching the 14 fish. Um... With the very simple pole and the very simple string and the very simple hook, you know, a lot of times we we want to get caught in this. We need, you know, we need the right training, and we need the latest techniques, and we need to be social media savvy, and we need to have all the things in place in order to be effective. Um, believe me, I've taken all the courses. Um, there's all kinds of them out there, but it still comes back to very simple truth. Do you have the Word, and will you be bold? That's just it. That's it. Do you have the Word, and will you be bold? If you have those two things, you can share, and and the Holy Spirit can change lives through your witness. You don't have to have all the the wonderful techniques and. And, and the ways to, to go about it. Now those can be helpful. And then some people find them helpful. And, and there's nothing wrong with them. But we can't wait for them. We can't say as soon as I have some good training. Or as soon as I know a lot of the good techniques. Or as soon as I have, have the, the right uh, tools. Um, if you have boldness. And if you have God's word. You have the right tools. You can share Christ. To a dying world. You need to tell about Jesus. Every day. In verse 51. He says. Have you understood. All these things. Yes they replied. Now did they really understand. All these things. He just told them a whole. Bunch of parables. And and. I'm assuming that, that some, you know, just reading through them, I kind of have to really go back and look and, and figure out. So when he said, "Do you understand these things?" And they said, yes, they might not have understood everything, but they understood where they were at. They understood at their level that they could they could take it all in. And so I want to ask you that very same question that as Jesus tells you, about what is to come, the day we don't know, the time we don't know, as Jesus tells you, do you understand the importance? Do you understand the need? Do you understand the time could be near? Are you ready to give your all to Him and to share with the world that needs a message? Because the message they're getting... Is leading them to destruction. They need a message. That will lead them to life. Are you going to share that message with them. This day. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father God. We praise and honor and glorify you. God this day. We have. To choose. This day we have. To share. So often we want to say. Let's wait till later. Let's wait till I'm ready. Let's wait till I feel more comfortable. We don't know if we got a later. We don't know if we got time. So God help us through your Holy Spirit. To show that boldness. To understand that people need. A savior this day. To change their direction and then change the direction of this world. And for others, they might not have made that decision yet. God, if they need to make that decision, God, I hope that you're speaking to their heart right now and letting them know that today is the day, that tomorrow's not promised, but they have right now. God, we praise you for the great God you are and for the way You are so patient with us and and showing Your grace and mercy when we truly don't deserve it. God, we are standing here just in awe of You, and that's wonderful. God, we praise You for allowing us to worship You and to read Your Word and to grow closer to You each and every day. It's in Christ's precious and holy name I pray. Amen.